listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're finally doing it. We're talking about Amish romance novels. We oh dedicated. Gosh, Sean, can you put a cow noise or something? What's an what's an Amish noise? Like a, a buggy. Um, we've uh, some butter churning. Uh, we've we've dedicated a, a whole episode. So hold on to your bonnets. <laughs> but first, what are you reading, Bria? Um, I finished a book, Buzzy. Buzzy, buzzy book, Mallory. I finished a book called Black Cake by Charmaine Wilkerson. Um, this is, uh, it is, it is a great literary fiction book. I really enjoyed it. I think it's going to be on a lot of best ofs of the year, possibly my own. Basically, this woman in present day passes away and she leaves for her children, um, a black cake and a, uh. Like an actual, like a, like a baked good. A baked good, which is basically like, from, from what I under, because there's a lot of talk of, of cake and of black cake and of making the black cake. So if you're a person who loves recipes and knowing about food origins and things like that, this is a fun one. Um, but it, it, it's a little bit like a fruitcake from what I imagine people who make them are like, it's not like a fruitcake. But it, it has, like, you basically have to marinate the fruit in rum or alcohol or something for a really long time, and then you can make, like, this black cake. Um, but she leaves behind a black cake, but also uh, this recording where she tells her family, her two children, the, the truth of her life. Because the truth is they have a sibling, and she's not who she said she was. And so you go back and forth between present day, these two siblings who've been estranged, hearing this story, and then the mother's story, um, her telling it, but also it just kind of goes into that world. So you get to hear about what happened to her. Her mother grew up in the Caribbean, but then moved to England. And it's like her life was not easy. And there's a murder. There's some child bride stuff going on. There's a lot of stuff going on. And and it's all about her um, escaping it. And I think if you like stories about, uh, like stories that go back and forth like that, but it kind of reminded me a little bit of, what is, oh, oh, The Seven Husbands. Oh, no. Oh, no. The Seven Husbands <laughs> the seven of Evelyn something, Hugo. Something of Evelyn Hugo. Of, some, of someone. Of Evelyn Hugo, because it's kind of a woman telling the story of her life. And if you love that kind of book, which I know a lot of people do, look, this is just a really well-written book. And it and it's, it is, um, you know, it is dark. There's a lot of dark things that happen in it, but then there's also like a lot of love in it. I I, I just really super enjoyed it. Uh, what are you reading, Mallory? Uh, I'm reading a book that will ruin your life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it is a short story collection called What We Fed to the Manticore by Talia Lakshmi Kalori. And it is basically a collection of stories from the point of view of animals that are all examining like how climate change and basically the, how the world, it, like the d- various disasters that are plaguing the world. And if you're like, wow, that sounds depressing as fuck, you are right. Mm-hmm. But it is, the thing about it is it's so beautiful. The writing is so beautiful. The stories are so beautiful. This is a feel bad book. Oh, but feel bad. Book. You're, <laughs> you're going to like it. Like there's a beautiful story. I think the first story is about this donkey who is being painted to look like a zebra so he can be in a zoo in Pakistan. But there's all these bombings happening and like trigger warnings for animal death, um, both, you know, unnatural and natural. There's a one about a sled dog. There's one about a vulture. There's like all these different animals, all from the point of their point of view. And 
Yeah, it is very sad, but it is the the writing is so beautiful and the cover is I picked it 100% because of the cover. The cover is like this electric blue tiger with all these like pink and orange flowers. It's like so pretty and um I eventually started reading one story per day because it is heavy oh, yeah. <laughs> to read, mm-hmm. but I actually highly recommend it but trigger warnings for lots of things and um just have like a full bottle of wine nearby or like sure. a puppy or something to pet oh yeah um and i will also like to say that sean is reading tracy flick can't win by tom parada mm-hmm. and he finished it he said he loved it but the, he didn't like the ending but he can't tell you what the ending is because it will spoil everything mm-hmm. so trigger warnings for the ending but he really liked it up until that point that is Sean's review of Tracy Flick Can't Win by Tom Parada. I am reading What We Fed to the Manticore by Talia Lakshmi Kalori. Uh, and I read Black Cake by Charmaine Wilkerson. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. We got two big follow-ups here. First, folks, we have a follow-up on large print books. Oh, yeah. As okay. per usual, the yes. glasses came in clutch. We got a ton of feedback about whether or not it's okay for people we who were unsure. Need. We were really unsure about this. We were this. very yes. unsure, and I didn't want to encourage it without getting some feedback. And sure. luckily, again, glasses always come in to save us. Um we got a lot of feedback both in the Slack channel and via email, and they were pretty mixed. We got a ton of emails from people that were like, please do not check out large print books if you don't need them, both from readers and librarians. But in the Slack channel, and we got a few emails, from there were also from people who were readers and librarians who were like, please check out these large print books. We want to keep them in circulation. That means people will buy more or will, or will be able to buy more of them. They'll be used more. You know, mm-hmm. it's a library. You should be using the resource. Courses. And it really comes after reading tons and tons of emails and tons and tons of Slack comments. I think it comes down to you got to ask your librarian. Oh, okay. Because, interesting. I didn't think you were going to say that. That's you, cool. It seemed like um, the people who were saying, please do not do this. Like, you know, we only get so many large print books and a lot of publishers don't do second printings of them. So once they're gone, we can't get them back. And once they're all like... They're so used that we can't, we can't have to take them out of circulation. We can't replace them. It seemed like the people that were saying that were from small or underfunded libraries. Mm. And it seemed like the people who were saying, please use them were from libraries that had a little bit more funding. So because they can replace them more easily. Yes. And so it seemed like, seems like the best thing to do is if you're unsure and we got, we also got feedback from the person who wrote in. Oh, she wanted to say that the book was book lovers uh, by Emily Henry, oh, great. Uh, okay. which okay. is yes, big buzzy book. Yeah. Uh, and she said that to wait, she said that she would wait, but, um, what you should do actually is ask, ask your, your librarian, call your, ask your librarian and say, hey, what is your stance on people who don't need a combination taking out large print books? And if the librarian says, oh, my God, please take them. We have them available. Uh, just absolutely do it. Uh, I think that's a great idea. Or if she's like some of the other people who wrote and were like, please do not. We really need them. Then you'll know it seems like it's just sort of a choose your own adventure, depending on how much money your library, your library gets. Wow. So good, thank good you, job. Glassers. Yeah, for that. Glassers. All right. Uh, really cool to see all the different the, the big discussion about it in the slack channel also we have some follow-up of, about legends and lattes by oh, yes. travis baldry what happened was the book came out from a small independent publisher and by the way people huge- th- who didn't, don't remember this was one of the glasser favorites but we were not able to find it so we were confused about how it ended up on the glasser favorites so far of tw- 2022 so what happened is we ended up recording this episode at a really interesting time because up until recently it was available from this indie press and it became a TikTok sensation and tons of people were buying it. So Tor picked up the book. Oh, 
and pull has been pulling all of the indie press indie indie press copies so they're not available in a lot of places but now the pre-order for the tour version has gone up Ah. (laughs) in the time since we've recorded our best books of the year halftime episode so i pre-order the book you can pre-order it now from tour right but if you see a copy out in the wild and you're like what the hell i i thought this book wasn't available yet it's probably the indie press version they have the same cover but with like slightly different type which is how you can tell oh wow um so weird weird story um I, got, they, I did I, get it. Could, I bought it digitally. Yeah, and you could get the ebook mm-hmm. or, or audiobook, which I, and I think the author reads it. Um, oh. But if you want to get the tour hardcover in, in print, you can pre order it now. We'll put a link in the show notes to that. Great. Tons of follow up. Yes. More follow up. Katie wrote in, uh, among many others, about Amish romances. Which we are about to talk about. Katie said, I'm listening to the audiobook version, and I can't believe how much I'm enjoying it. I never would have tried this book if you you all didn't set it up as a group read slash challenge. It is just so calm and wholesome. It reminds me of All Creatures Great and Small on PBS, um, which Mallory always always recommends, which clearly I need to read now. I think uh, I might have found a new favorite genre of novels. Well, we'll get to our thoughts about it in a second, Katie, but I'm glad Katie liked it. Yeah, very interested. It's been fun seeing the Glasser responses to this book, Mm -hmm. which is, of course, we're going to be talking generally about Amish romance. But for this episode, we read The Imposter by Suzanne Woods Fisher. Um, Very excited to to talk about that. Um, And then Jean wrote in with a hot book tip. (laughs) So Jean said, hi, y'all. I wanted to write in with a hot e-reader tip. Please note, I'm making the noise, but I don't know how to write it out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I saw someone on TikTok, uh, TikTok had put a pop socket on their e-reader, so I did the same thing, and it was a game changer. It makes it so much easier, easier to hang on to my e-reader, which means I can read longer. Oh. This is an extremely hot book tip. You know, this I guess a, I didn't understand this what— This is a four-chilly hot book tip. I guess I didn't know what pop sockets were for. Is there to help, help you They're hold for- on to it? Yeah, I have one on my phone because I have a little hands and it uh. helps you hold it. And I can totally see where putting one on your e-reader would be really, really helpful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Um, so wheelhouse, uh, Jean's wheelhouse is bones on the cover in the title, vibes, etc. Just bone, bone vibes. <laughs> is oh there bone God. vibes in this book? I love it. Enemies to lovers, fairy tale retellings, and space gaze. Yeah, we can tell you're a glasser, Jean. <laughs> I was going to say, this is a very glasser wheelhouse. I love this. Um, you can always email us at readingglassespodcast and gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. And a few bookmarks from us. First off, we just want to give a shout out to our dear friend, Tom Merritt, who is launching a brand new podcast called A Word with Tom Merritt. Uh, Tom says, there's no end to people out there telling you what to think, but what about how to think? Tom Merritt talks with his guests about how they think about the world. How do they filter information and decide what to trust? It's a confusing world and we could all benefit from sharing the ways we deal with it. So that's a word podcast. You can find it, I think, everywhere. Um, There's going to be some great authors on there like Annalie Newitz is going to be on there talking about uh, the way that they think about the world. Sounds really fun. We're really excited. Congratulations, Tom. And uh, check that out wherever you get podcasts. And also a quick reminder from me, I'm going to be coming to the UK. I am super excited about this. It's going to be the last weekend, July. I'm coming to Oxford. I'm coming to London. And thank you to the London folks who have asked me about um, 
when the London date is going to be. They have not told me yet. (laughs) I know it's going to be the Waterstones on Gower Street, uh, but I do not know what date. I have been asking my publisher and they have not been able to tell me yet, Uh, but it will be the last weekend, last week of July. So, and I hopefully will be having some other dates, but Set in Stone is the Oxford date that's up on my website right now. There'll be a link in the show notes, Uh, but I will definitely be coming to London. I'm very excited. And a quick bookmark from me. Um, my movie Torn Hearts will be on Epics soon. Ooh, if you subscribe one of my to Epics of the year, um, or you should subscribe to Epics on uh, July twenty second. So um, if you have Epics, you can watch my movie for free um, starting that day. So um, check it out. Before we talk about Amish romances, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Green Chef. Green Chef, which is the number one meal kit for eating well with dinners that work for you, not the other way around. And they're now owned by HelloFresh, who we've also worked with before, which means a wider array of meal plans to choose from. That means there's something for everyone. You can switch between the brands. It's super easy. We love doing that. And now Reading Glasses listeners can enjoy both brands at a discount with us. But Brio, tell us about Green Chef. Yeah, Green Chef is great. I really like Green Chef. It makes things so easy. It has time-saving recipes. It's packed with fresh produce and vibrant flavors, helping you make the most of those long summer days. You know when you're like, I just want a really like healthy, amazing meal full of all sorts of good-for-me veggies? Hey, Green Chef has that for you. If you want to feel, if you're like, man, I want to be like one of those people on Instagram and TikTok that make healthy things and look cool and mm-hmm. look out the window while they're chopping fresh vegetables, that could be you, Green Chef. Uh-huh. And eating exciting and delicious meals support a healthy lifestyle. It keeps mealtime interesting without sacrificing taste. You know what I, I really appreciate about Green Chef is there are times where I'm like, okay, I'm going to make this recipe, but I have to now buy, you know, a bushel of... <laughs> Of, like, turnips or some something like that. And I have way too many. Green Chef sends you the exact right amount that you need. So you're no, you don't end up with a bushel. You use everything they send you, which means there is way less waste. Wonderful. Yes. And, folks, you know I'm terrible at cooking. You know I'm terrible at food in general. Green Chef makes it so me. Mallory O'Mara, terrible chef, can actually make a delicious meal in a reasonable amount of time with fresh ingredients. I don't have to pick out, I, I have a hard time even getting past the picking out what to make stage because I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't know anything about food. And it's all, all those choices are made for you. It's fantastic. We both got the vegetarian ones, which is fan- great, but you can pick all different uh Uh, If you are gluten-free or there's some sort of dietary restriction you're working with, Green Chef can accommodate. It's so fantastic. So if you want to try it right now, which we recommend you do, you go to greenchef.com slash glasses135 and use code glasses135 to get $135 off across five boxes. That is so much money and so much food. And you get free shipping on your first box. That's greenchef.com slash glasses135 and code glasses135 to get $135 off across five boxes plus free shipping on your first box. Wow. Greenchef.com slash glasses135. Glasses. Um, hi, I'm looking for a movie. Oh, I gotcha. Uh, there's that new foreign film with the time travel. There's an amazing documentary about queer history on streaming. Have I told you about this classic where giant robots fight? Or there's that one that most critics hated, but I thought was actually pretty good. Ooh. 
I know? The one with the huge car chase, and then there's that scene where the, the car, car jumps, jumps over, over the submarine. submarine. Wow, who are you eclectic movie experts? Well, I'm Ify Wadiwe. I'm Drea Clark. And I'm Alonzo Duraldi. And together, we host the movie podcast Maximum Film. New episodes every week on MaximumFun.org. And you actually just walked into our recording booth. Oh, weird. Sorry. I thought this was a video store. You seem like a lady with a lot of problems. This week, we're finally doing it. We're talking about Amish romances, why they're so popular, who reads them, and what we thought of the one that we read. Uh, we so have a bit opinions. of history here. <laughs> we have so many opinions, um, and they might surprise you. <laughs> um, a little, little bit of book history. So Amish romances came on the scene, and they joined the ranks of mainstream romance novels in the late 90s, which yeah. seems a lot farther back than I thought. Oh, really? Um, I thought it was, that seems recent, but... Oh, and then within 20 years, Amish romances were topping Christian fiction charts and mainstream bestseller charts, like non, just like regular old all books, not just Christian books. But what makes an Amish romance? And the thing about an Amish romance is that it's the romance part. It's not erotica. I was expecting a little bit more from this, the book that we read at least. And there's not, no steaminess. No. Barely any warmth. It's just like. (laughs) I mean, here, I mean, well, we can talk about this, but one thing that surprised me, there was a lot of like. I can see his muscles through his shirt, kind of. Kind it of was stuff. hornier than I imagined. Yeah, it was but horny, no but sex, no steamy. No sex, not even off the page, not even like referred to. So it is a romance. A Amish romance is a romance set in an Amish community, and there is an emphasis on chastity and not sex, mm-hmm. which seems weird for a romance novel, but that's how it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and something that I did not know, I was so shocked by this information. Most authors of Amish romances are not Amish. I don't know why I assumed I- they would be. <laughs> That checks out for me because of, like, what the people in that community tend to not be, you know, writing huge bestsellers. I mean, you know, like, that's, it's it's an insular community. They're not, like, writing stuff for, like, the worldwide. I mean, I don't, that's not true because you often like, buy products, Amish products. Yeah. But I don't know. For some reason, that didn't really surprise me. I don't know why I was like, oh, my God, such a shocker. Um, but really, most of the people who write Amish romances are evangelical Christian women. Uh, And actually, most of the readers, too. (laughs) But these books are very popular with non-Christian people. They're very popular in unexpected places, like prisons. Um, But most of the people, like the main, the target audience, I would say, is evangelical white women. Mm. Yeah, and people think this, uh, the reason non-Amish, non-Christian people love these books, uh, because there are people who read them in those categories, is because they they often have a historical fiction element to them, or they feel like a historical fiction in some ways. And also, it's an escape. You get to escape to a non-technological time. Which I totally. Yeah, no, there's not an iPhone inside. It's a simpler time. It's it's about family. It's about relationships and God, pretty much. It's very simple, simple subjects. And most of these books are for adults. Although Amish YA does exist, and I am very curious about Amish YA. Yeah, that's very funny. Um, um, but regardless of whether they're for adults or YA, they are not written for or by Amish people. When asked, this is the part that made me laugh really hard. Many Amish people are baffled by Amish romances because they think they're unrealistic. Apparently, <laughs> tragic buggy accidents are a very common theme in these books. And in the one that we read, someone There's dies one. in yes, a tragic bu- buggy, buggy accident. Yes, yes. And that very rarely apparently happens in real life. So yeah, they're all like, who's dying safe. in these buggy accidents? A buggy seems quite safe. (laughs) 
um and then other amish people dislike the evangelical christianity in them because it's different the thing about it is a lot of these the religion that you find in amish romances is actually different from actual amish religious beliefs so it's sort of like Mm -hmm. alternative amish fiction it's like amish fantasy is this cultural (laughs) appropriation of amish people that's you know i i don't no, it feels like the Amish response is more bafflement and like they're, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think the Amish people are going to be protesting, but it is interesting that basically what these authors are doing are taking mm-hmm. Amish themes and community and inserting their own type, own version of Christianity into it. That feels right for the one that we read. Yes. Well, I skipped over, I mean, we can talk about it, but I, yes. I, even well, though I read, the, I am much more uh, Bible informed than I normally was. I still, there were parts of this I had, had a hard time with. But for, so for this episode, we read the book, The Imposter by Suzanne Woods Fisher. Bria, what did you think of this book? Okay, at first I was like, wow, <laughs> I'm not going to finish this book. I'm going to take reading glasses advice and uh, put down that book, put down that boring book. But then I was like, well, I'm doing this for the show. So I have to take one for the team. But also... I got a little invested. Like, there are a couple storylines. So there's mm-hmm. multiple storylines in this book. Um, and quite yes. a few twists Which and I turns. Which I wasn't expected. Yeah, quite a few twists and turns that are unexpected. Um, I feel like, okay, I'm going to spoil it. So if you don't want this book spoiled, do a quick fast forward right now. Fast forward at least, like, a minute. Because what I was surprised by is there was a lot of sinning in this, in this book. Um, yes. And like a lot of God stuff. But there was also like a pregnant woman, pre- pregnant out of wedlock. And what I was most surprised by. I was so shocked. I know. I texted you about <laughs> it. And um, it was very not judgmental about all the sin- sinning. It was like, that's not what I expected. I expected it to be like just a very pious family doing pious family things. But instead it was this like complicated family that had like the gambler son. And like he was kind of a ne'er-do-well. Yeah. And like. And like uh, the the, they were like the daughter the rebel Amish, yeah, the daughter who's pregnant out of wedlock. But it was really just more about forgiveness and about these people learning. And I mean, look, there were some strict rules, obviously, and I didn't like that. But it was like there were some like interesting characters. Like there was one woman who was a teacher, and a, she like had never gotten married. I liked her, and it was like she's you know kind of awkward and gangly and loved birds. And you were like, oh no, like you would just want her to have <laughs> oh, a yeah, happy bird ending. glassers. There's Bert, a character Berler. for you. Um, uh, and she was kind of like, fine if she stayed single. I mean, she did have a crush and things do end up well for her. I mean, it is a happy ending. And it was also that like, I don't know, there was a lot of love in the book. And I think that was what I responded to as I was like, wow, they're going to go like to some dark places or darker places, these characters, especially in a community that I would assume would be quite strict. And instead, it was like just responded to with love by this by this uh, patriarch, by the dad of, of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say overall, like as my first Amish romance, it's just <laughs> want to say it's probably my last. But I did enjoy, <laughs> I did like, I didn't hate it. I, I thought I was going to be like, oh, I'm like, I'm so bummed by it. But like, it was well written. The characters were well thought out. They were all complicated. And uh, I think she did a really good job. I mean, you know, some of it I didn't care about. But for the most part, I was like, okay, I can see why people read these books. It definitely doesn't follow a typical romance structure in the way. I was surprised that there were multiple romances going on. Multiple romances. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of storylines. So if you're someone who loves a complicated family in a lot of storylines, this would be good. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh Before I started reading this, I have to, I was like, 
I realized that the most exposure I've ever had, all I know about Amish culture, the sum total of my knowledge of Amish culture comes from the film For Richer or Poorer with Tim Allen <laughs> and Kirstie Alley. <laughs> Does anyone remember this? I, do. I don't know I do. not, don't know why. It was somehow on a lot as a child, and I inexplicably watched it many times. Right. But I realized, I was like, that's what I have formed, like, that's the basis of which I have formed all of my opinions about this stuff on. So probably not great. That being said, I agree. I was surprised by how compelled I was with this book. At first, I was like, what's going on here? And Mm -hmm. then you do get, you do get sucked into the characters. I don't think I'm going to become a big Amish romance reader, but I can see the appeal of these books. Um, we, we heard a long time ago on the show, God, I forget which guest it was, but they were saying how Amish romances are really popular in prisons because they're not so spicy. Mm. Um, and I can also see how people, so if you're someone who likes Rome, like wants a romance, but really does not like spiciness, you don't want to see any sex. You don't even want sex mentioned. I can see why these would be really appealing for you. And also, I can see the appeal of the low low stakesness of this. Um, It is, if you love a soothing small town story where you are hearing about all the ins and outs of all the people in the little town and there's nothing really bad happens, nothing too dramatic happens, and it's very, like, your your blood pressure stays very low the entire time, I can see the appeal of this. Um, Watch out for those buggies. That being said. Watch out for the buggies. I know. Watch out for the killer buggies. (laughs) They're everywhere. (laughs) It's so funny because I had read that right after I read the part about there's a character. You don't see it in the book, but a character who's there's a one of the relations of one of the characters in the book had died in a tragic buggy accident. And I was like, oh, no. And then I read this and I was like, oh, that's so funny. Yeah, that is really funny. Um, So all this being said, can you recommend this as a genre to try out? For people, I mean, I think I, I think what you just said is is spot on. Like, if someone's looking for something low stakes, um, something you you don't want something that's you want something that's you know it's a nice read, has complicated characters, but is you know it's going to end up positively, and you don't mind discussions of morality or discussions of relationships with God. Like, I mean, there is a lot of religion in the book yes. from every character, every single character. Um, I will say, like, I was interested in it from just to see what it was. It was like, it's hard for me to recommend to people. I started thinking, though, okay, if you're religious, you might enjoy this book if you don't want something too spicy. If you mm-hmm. are a teenager with strict parents and you just want to read something, I thought this could be good. Like, parents, this is, feel like, I feel like parents would approve this book if you have, like, super strict Dude, I don't, parents. I, I would be hard-pressed to find a single parent that was like, ooh, too inappropriate for my, yeah, yeah, my yeah. teen. <laughs> yeah, and it's, and I... Again, kind of flexible on these rules that I think a lot of times when we think of like this Amish culture or or evangelical Christian culture, there's a lot of rules regarding pregnancy and things where I feel like it's like that's the ultimate thing is to get pregnant out of wedlock. Like what a sin. This woman is unforgivable. Mm -hmm. But like in this book, she was forgivable. And that I think I responded to that as like, oh, okay, like. I don't know if it goes with the rules of the church or not for the Amish people, but it's felt to me like it was a a po- positive way for a religious community to deal with something that feels like a big thing when I'm watching religious communities from the outside. But I again, I can't speak mm-hmm. that well to it. I don't know. I'm not Amish, so I can't tell you what Amish people believe. <laughs> um, but I will say, Although, yeah, there's definitely Somebody people wrote in read. to tell us that there apparently is a, a podcast of Amish people who talk about Amish romances. Wow. We should get them We on have the show. to listen to it. Wow. Oh, my God. You think they'd come on reading glasses? Oh, yeah. I got to do gotta some research. Out. 
We'll see if they liked this book. Wait, so what about you? Do you think people should try this genre out? Um, I feel the same way. Um, I, I think if you are the kind of person, even if you're not a romance person and you are looking, because we, we actually recently, because we... I don't know why, but we've been talking about romance a lot more on the show recently. We've had a few people, few people write in who were like, I really don't like spiciness. What can, what would you recommend? How can I find books that are not spicy? Read an Amish romance, like mm-hmm. bada bing, bada boom. Perfect. Um, I, as a, the, you know, the, our show's resident heathen, I was more, I was really concerned about the Christian stuff because like, I thought it was going to be really confusing or distracting. And I mostly just skipped over it. Yeah. If you, you can, I did too. Um, it was like a skim where it was like, Oh, you're going to talk yeah, to God for I was like, like okay. pages or something. But I will say, as someone who, I mean, you all know I am the heathenist of heathens, uh, it, it, you can definitely enjoy this book if you don't know anything about Christianity, you're not a Christian. Um, and, but, you know, I wouldn't recommend this book to someone without mentioning those things. To sure, them. Like, yes. hey, by the by, God is basically another character in this book. Yeah, 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 <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. But if you like this, one thing that I, I, I think appeals to a lot of people and I thought was really cool in this book is, I mean, there's a lot of scenes of like, ooh, we're taking a walk in a mossy field. We're cooking a chicken, you know. Oh, my God. Moss is a character in this movie. Moss yeah, is such a lot of moss. A lot of moss talk in this movie and movie. A lot of moss talk in this. Hot, hot, that hot moss. <laughs> that hot moss book. Like, I could not believe how much moss talk was in it. And I was honestly I was interested in excited moss. to hear it. I was interested. I was like, well, <laughs> people use it for a bouquet. Okay. All right. I see what they're using it oh, for. I would, now I want a moss lawn. Yeah. Yeah. Moss lawn. Great. This book made me want a moss lawn. But I, if you were someone, if you love those sort of like, like almost Miyazaki-esque meditations on like small moments in life, whether you're like chopping vegetables or gardening or walking and, and looking at birds, there's a lot of really quiet meditative moments in this book. Um, very what do pe- what do people call it? Soft core, cottage core, cottage core. Yeah. If you were into something like that, I I can really see why the that most would be cottage appealing, of just, cottage core, extreme I cottage core. Extreme. Oh my god, that's the name of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> extreme cottage core. Um. So if you were looking for some for for a book like that, I would definitely try this out. But just know that it is. There's a lot of Christian stuff and it is evangelical Christianity. So if you have a problem with that or, you know, you're a different type of Christian. I, 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 I haven't progressed into my Bible knowledge enough to know like the different branches of Christianity. Like I'm still yeah, pretty far back in my, my yeah. learning here. Um, but just just know that. But I think if you were interested in if you're interested in a non-spicy, moss heavy, extreme cottage core book, I think this could scratch your itch for sure. Mm-hmm. But we would love to hear your thoughts on Amish romances. Um, you can send them to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And before we answer a listener question, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Trade Coffee. Bria, you know what the first thing I do is every morning? Get out of bed. Okay, crap. Second thing that I do. <laughs> All right, what's the second thing you do? Make a coffee? Make an entire pot of black decaf coffee. That is what I Ooh. make every morning. But it is hard for me to find decaf coffee uh, because most places when you go to buy coffee, they'll be like, oh, here's all our beans. And I'm like, where's your decaf? And they like bring you out a dusty cobwebby bag that no one has looked at in 30 years. Uh, so I have always been looking for a great place to to order coffee from. And you know what that is? It's trade coffee. 
No, amazing. Tell, tell us about Trade Coffee. So Trade Coffee's expert taste testers, they partner with all of the best craft roasters. So I bet you didn't know there was this much specialization within coffee, but there is. And they have 450 kinds live and ready to ship every day. So there's no one perfect coffee, but there is one that is perfect for you. For example, Mallory drinks decaf. That is something most Mm -hmm. people don't drink. And Trade Coffee has it. Trade's human-powered algorithm will help you find your favorite coffee. I literally, we got like bags to test out Trade and I loved it so much. I immediately signed up. I get a bag of coffee every week. It has solved all of my problems. And the thing that I love the most about it is that you can rate all of the bags that you get. You can say like, I liked this or I loved it or I never want to get anything like this again. And they use that information to start matching you with coffee, more and more coffees that you'll like more. And now pretty much like every bag that I get, I like. It's fantastic. So whether you're looking for different types of roast, decaf, like me, or you just want to try new coffees, or you just always, the thing that I think is great is that I was always running out of coffee and then I would have to run to the store. You never run out of coffee. You just get sent straight to you. You can change the different frequencies. You can get it once a week or once a month, once every other week, once every week and a half. It's absolutely fantastic. If you love coffee and you want to get a fantastic fresh roasted bag to your door whenever you want, trade is the way to go. And they're so confident they'll match you right the first time that if they don't, they'll take your feedback and an actual coffee expert will work with you to send you a brand new bag for free. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. Right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first ordering plus free shipping. So you don't even pay for that shipping. So when you go to trade.com slash glasses, that's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Free coffee. How can you even turn that down? So get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com slash glasses and let Trade find you a coffee that you will love. That's drinktrade slash glasses for $30 off. Glasses. Glasses. I'm a psychic. My name is Psychic Carrie. I'm yes. Ross. Oh, what a pleasure to meet you. Of course, I knew your name was Ross, as I am a psychic. But please take a yeah. seat. Well, I was hoping, we, were could hoping about we could talk about my, my podcast. podcast. Yes, I know. It's called Oh No, Ross and Carrie. Yes. We investigate from uh-huh. science, spirituality, yeah. and claims of the paranormal. paranormal. You, you took the words right out of my mouth. Yes. This whole podcast, it sounds like it's been a real challenge for you lately. Actually, it's a lot of fun. Yes, exactly. Because it's so fun. Fun. I don't know how you this do it. This will be $75. Okay, that seems fair. Oh no, Ross and Carrie. At MaximumFun.org. You knew it was a .org. I have a gift. Now let's solve a listener problem from Lindsay, who writes in to say, Hello, Brian Mallory. I absolutely adore this podcast. It never fails to brighten my day. I'm not sure if you've answered this question already or if anyone else has this problem, but I was wondering if you had any readerly advice for readers with needy pets. God, this is one of my favorite questions we have ever gotten. I am so <laughs> it's obsessed. It's really funny. Lin- 
Lindsay says, I have two cats and a dog, and it seems like every time, without fail, when I sit down or lie down to read, one of my pets decides they need my attention. If it's one of my cats, they like to lay down between my face and the book, either in the little circle my arms make, if I'm laying on my stomach, or just directly on my chest if I'm on my back or reclining in a chair. If it's my dog, I can hold my book with one hand and pet her with the other, but if I need to withdraw my second hand for even a second to turn the page, she starts pawing at me like it's the end of the world. She's knocked my book out of my hands before. I forgave her. She's very cute. I love my pets so much and I don't want to discourage them from wanting to cuddle but I also love to read comfortably do you have any tips for what positions work best with needy pets or how to maybe get them to chill out and just lay in my lap Bria what should Lindsay do I just want to say I don't know how we got so fortunate to get to make this podcast of all podcasts (laughs) (laughs) like we could have made a podcast about like something very dark I mean, I don't know if you and I would do that, but if, you know, but instead we get to answer questions about pets and reading. Two things. One, I feel Uh, comfortable talking about. And also I like talking about, talk about your pets and your reading all day. Okay. So I think my first, I don't have needy pets. My pets are both, if I added up their human ages, it would be 1000. It would be very, (laughs) (laughs) Bria definitely runs like the the retirement home for old animals. We did. I we lost one a couple months ago. It was very sad. But yes, between the two I have right now, they're both at least five hundred yes. years old in people years. Um, so my <laughs> pets are not needy. They're tired. They're they're exhausted <laughs> all of the time. And so just wait them out. <laughs> once once, but twice a day, I tell the dog she has to go outside, and she's like, "I hate you." Um. But okay, here is my thing. What if, what if you distracted these pets? So catnip for the cat, get that cat nice and high for a while, maybe a chew toy for the dog <laughs> to play with. So it's both of your alone time, but they can still be in the same room as you. Is that a possibility? Oh, that's, that's a fun idea. I get my book, you get a bully stick. Right. Let's hang out. So you get like, depending on how big the dog is, how long it takes them to get through it, or, you know, you only give them a treat when it's your treat time, reading time. Um... It, my other idea is um, I do a lot of audiobooks while I'm walking around, and you could easily go on a hike or a long walk with the dog and listen to an audiobook. So I think that that could be a way that, like, I realize this isn't answering your comfortable reading question, but it is a way to get in more reading with that dog and t- and spending time with your dog, you know, which which would be fun. But, yeah, my, I guess my – I'm saying distraction. Distraction from mm-hmm. what you're doing. Um, you have needy cats, though, so I feel like you can answer this a little bit better. I have extremely needy cats. Um, We have two cats, Sailor and Lula, and they need to be around us. As I speak right now, one of them is at the door because they're mad that I have the door closed because I'm recording this podcast. And the funniest thing is that I love to make fun of them because of how needy they are. But if I haven't seen Lula in like five minutes, I panic. I'm like, where's my cat? Yeah. Where's, she must be dead. She's mm-hmm. been kidnapped. Like, where's my cat? We're, I'm very, we're extremely codependent. Um, but I get it. It's both extremely cute and extremely annoying because on one hand, you're like, oh, God, leave me alone. I got to do shit. But on the other hand, you're like, oh, but they love me so much. Mm-hmm. This is so great. So I get it. Um, and first off, I will say you shouldn't feel bad about shutting a door if you need to. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes when the cats are bad and I've done it before, I, this happens to me more when I'm writing during the day and either Lula or Sailor is like, I want to be sitting on your keyboard. I want to be on your lap. Uh, sometimes you just got to shut that bucket door. Yeah. And um, it's tough and you feel bad. But remember, they have no sense of time. Yeah, they that's have no true. idea. That's true. <laughs> 
they'll forget they'll eventually forget and, it, it, and it'll be all fine so if you just like even you can set a timer be like you know what i'm going to shut the door to my bedroom for an hour and just read by myself put on a little white noise in the background so you can't hear them being whiny and behind the door that's totally fine uh, and if you can't do that like maybe you just don't have a lot of doors in your house you have like an open floor plan you want you're in the living room and you can't like shut the doors to the living sure. room i get that um uh, my strategy is to set out a decoy. This is what I have done to great success. Um, sometimes I will put out a heating pad with a blanket next to me, and then uh, Lula like wants to let sit on she thinks that. It's you. Wow, it's oh, no, a she's decoy, just like, oh, Mallory. This is nicer than me. Oh, okay. Well, it's just a nicer version of me. <laughs> it's much warmer. <laughs> um, or uh, I will sometimes I will set out a if I'm doing research and I have a bunch of notebooks open, I will set out an extra notebook for Lula to sit on. As a decoy wow, notebook. Wow, this is so extreme. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so you could set out, I wonder if Lindsay could put a book open next to her for her cat to sit on and then she can read her other book. Um, I, I I love the decoy strategy. It's very successful for us. Uh, you just wait until they get settled on the heating pad or the book or whatever, or, you know, Bria's suggestion, uh, you know, the, the toy or a treat. And then once they're settled, you start reading, you're good to go. Wow. Okay. Problem solved. Let us know how that goes, Lindsay. (laughs) Please, Lindsay, let us know. And send us some pictures of your your cats and your dog. That's very funny. God, I love our job, Bria. (laughs) What a life. Um, Lindsay, we wish you the best. If you want us to solve your reader problem, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Now time to answer a recommendation request from Claire. Claire writes in to say, hello, Mallory and Bria. First of all, I want to commend you for the inclusive language you use on the show, particularly around disability. Oh, quick book, book quick uh, thing for me. We did have a few people who said uh, who, because I, I had asked about whether or not we should call them handicapped parking spots. Because that's oh. what they're called, but that seems kind of crappy. Yeah. And I was right. It is crappy. Uh, so it's better to call them accessible parking spots. Oh, so, accessible. PSA Great. for everyone. Call them accessible parking spots. That is a less garbagey term and uh, more inclusive, and we love it. So anyway, uh, Claire says, I am visually impaired and only read via audiobooks. I especially appreciate it when you call people who don't count audiobooks as real books. Trash babies can can confirm accurate assessment. This brings (laughs) me to my recommendation request. I've always been sad about not being able to consume graphic novels, but I heard you mention an audio version of a graphic novel on the show recently. I would love your recommendations for any graphic novels you know of that have been adapted for audio. Also, as a side note, I think it's worth mentioning that it's important to support diverse audiobook narrators along with diverse authors. Sometimes it is also a hot book tip for finding diverse authors when you find a narrator you love. One of my favorite authors is Bonnie Turpin, and I have found some awesome authors of color by seeking out the books that she has narrated. That is a really hot book tip. It is. And Glassers, uh, we have a lot of Turpin stands on this show. Like, people, (laughs) this is a real, like, people Turpentines. (laughs) We got to get, we got to get her on the show because I think, literally, she was narrating so some book I read and all the glasses were like, oh, of course, of course. Like they knew her already. So, um, and she is very much working. If you go look, she has so many books. Also shout out, um, I have a pal. Um, wow, she did The Hate You Give. She did, yeah, she's done ever. She did so many, she's done so many books. Um, but another pal of mine, um, wow. Joy Joy Osmansky, Um, I think that's how you say her name, Joy Osmansky. Oh my she, God, she did the new, um, uh, you made a fool of death with your beauty. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Um, but Joy is also um, a diverse audiobook narrator who does a lot of really cool stuff. Uh, Joy did Head Full of Ghosts, which is a book we talk about a lot. Oh, but 
Yeah. Um, so I haven't looked into this that much. Uh, looking up audio book versions of graphic novels. I, I hadn't looked into this. And I was trying to remember, when did we talk about this? Because I wanted was, to recommend... Uh, we had, when we had Johnny Sun on, because okay, Johnny Sun's books have been adapted. Uh, uh, adapted for audio. So I looked it up, and then I remembered... They did a full cast reading of the Sandman graphic novels. Which is about to come out, so you can listen to this graphic novel and be be aware of the hot buzziness. Yeah. The buzz around I think it. It's a, I think it's out. I think it is out. Is it not out already? Well, I, I mean the um the, the new show is coming out. Oh, the TV out. show. Yes, that's right. That's right. So, Clara, if you have read this one, because I feel like it probably is one of the more popular ones, let me know, and we can send you other ideas. But I just thought, shout out to this one. I love that they did, like, a full cast reading of it. That seems, like, really cool. And also one of, you know, my favorite graphic novels, Mallory's favorite graphic novels of all time. Um, and such a great, if you haven't read that many graphic novels, it's really a great intro, I think, to the graphic novel world that's yeah. not just straight up like I'd agree Superman, with Spider-Man or something. It's like a cool, dark graphic novel um, uh, that I think really set the stage for so many graphic novels to come. So um, it'd be a cool place to start. Um, what do you have for Claire? Uh, my recommendation for this is Nimona by Andy Stevenson. I love this book. I've recommended it a, a bunch. It's a YA graphic novel. And the audiobook version is read by a full cast, just like Sandman. And oh, oh. fuck, it is so good. Um, I've recommended it a ton on the show. And the story, it's about this young girl and she is a shapeshifter and she wants to be a supervillain. So she starts working for this villain um, and and they have like a really hilarious because she's just like constantly annoying him and thinks it's hilarious and he doesn't think it's funny because he's trying to be serious. It's just the, their relationship is really funny. But the more they get into their work together, um, she might not be totally what she seems. And the book is so funny and moving in the audiobook besides having full cast it also has sound effects so it's just like wicked immersive and just be like so so well done so good so i think claire would really like this one right uh so if you want us to answer your recommendation request you can send it to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com and as always we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our facebook group man bria they do really cool stuff on the facebook group they have like different days of the week where they have like certain topics that they like uh, that they post like what are you reading Wednesdays and oh yeah, it's just so cool. cool they do such a great job just folks know how appreciative Bria Bria's not on Facebook anymore and I um don't only poke my head in every once in a while but I just want all of you to know who are moderators of the Facebook group that we really appreciate you and the really great work that you do so thank you thank you um Chrissy and Rachel also, thank you to you, who moderate our Goodreads page. Uh, you can buy reading glasses, all kinds of cool shit. Oh, my God. You want a book slut mug? You want a libraries or fucking awesome shirt? You mm -hmm. want a, a reading glasses sticker? You got it. Check it out over on our Void Merch store. If you want to look at our new book slut designs by the wonderful Jordan of Void Merch, go on our Instagram and, and check it out. We've already seen people buying book slut shirts. They're so good. Mm -hmm. They're so good and so funny. Uh please send us photos They're if you amazing. get stuff but if you want to want to help us support uh Bria's ancient creatures that live in her home and my very needy cats go to our board merch store it really really helps us out and if you want to do something for us for free you can rate and review us on the podcast listening app of your choice whether that's apple podcasts or whatever uh, it's great for us and helps us get more sponsors and listeners and uh, just makes us feel real fancy uh, you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com find us on twitter at readingsheetpodcast on instagram at readingglassespodcast thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for, for reading, reading.